good people. It's Reg. It's Stone. And it's the Grammy Hour. We're going to announce our album of the year. First up, we've got Taylor Swift, Lover. <laughs> Second up, we've got Travis Tritt. I don't know if he has a new album this year. Hopefully. I do. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Rod Stewart. He might not have a new album, but he gets album of the year also. Dude, I... I... Yeah. <laughs> Ste- I'm at the- <laughs> Steely Dan also there's only one of them left they're also a nominee <laughs> who, who's the act that, that won over Metallica like way back oh I forget shit who yeah. was it yeah yeah they, they out here yeah. they're, they're, they're gonna get something they're, they're gonna get something but uh as you can tell this is our Grammy Appreciation Podcast where we gleefully watch a whole bunch of old white men wheel out of their fucking mansions and cast a ballot for acts that have no clue what they do just because they're trying to stay relevant, even though nobody gives a fuck about a Grammy in 2019. So, all right, I, I want some feedback from the audience here. Do you care when we talk about the Grammys? Like, seriously, do you, do you care? I don't even fucking care. Yeah, I, I find it because, like, make fun of it. I know, but I'm like, like, basically, we're doing this for y'all. <laughs> I'm not doing this for my personal health. <laughs> I actually, I was traveling yesterday and I like got the alert that the Grammy nominations are out. And I was like, and I was like, shit, we got to talk about it now on the podcast. Damn it. <laughs> That's how I feel about these nominations. Uh, and, and the thing is, all right, so. You know what's funny about the Grammys too is like you kind of get the idea of where the Academy Awards, obviously lots of issues, obviously a lot of POCs locked out, obviously a lot of women locked out. They've been fucking up for basically as long as Hollywood existed. But you've got a feeling that at least they they get what they're supposed to be going for, as far as a concept, as far as awarding artistry, but also balancing it out with you know commercial viability. You know, saying don't let me that they they fuck up. You know, Kraft was nominated for a fucking one movie of the year one year. But it's the idea if they have a better idea of what their purpose is. Feels like the Grammys have no fucking clue what the fuck they've been doing. Ever since I started watching the Grammys, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, ever since I was a little kid, going back to Metallica, going back to it. And the sad thing is there's certain prestige there where maybe in the 70s when, you know, everybody was all coked up (laughs) and music was all good, that, you know, there was an idea of where these were really prestigious awards, but, you know, and there there are some really interesting awards there as far as people behind the scenes production, you know, fucking album covers. Like, there is a certain level of artistry that gets recognized. But when it comes to, like, anything remotely towards popular music, any kind of genre music, it's a utter fail. Yeah, yeah. And, and this has been a very unique year for music. And to be honest, when you look at the, the selections for, like, album of the year and, like, some of the, the larger ones, it's pretty much set up for Billie Eilish to take it, right? It's, it's set up for Billie Eilish to, like, win all things. They put Lizzo in there just because, you know, they have to, like... <laughs> but even Billie Eilish, I wonder, because, like, all right, first of all, a couple years ago, she would have won Best New Artist. Well, yeah, which she is up for this year. And, and Album of the Year? Or just, yeah. Well, actually, that could be the kiss of death, though. She can't win both. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like, like, like I, I feel like it's, it's set up for, like, Billie to, like, take... You know, most of the awards and like maybe Lizzo like get something like towards the end. But I've, I already know I'm already betting that Lizzo gets screwed. Like it's just it, she's just. Yeah. <laughs> and we discussed this off because if you think about it, it's been it was SZA one year that was nominated for a yeah. whole bunch and didn't get anything. Kendrick Pulitzer Prize winning <laughs> American icon <laughs> Kendrick Lamar again nominated for a whole bunch one year won nothing. I mean it, it's just interesting. So let's start it down. So you have Bon Iver, which is basically. I guess 
the easy critically acclaimed winner. But this album is maybe one of many critically acclaimed albums he's had for the past decade that they've ignored completely. You've got Lizzo, which we discussed, where we feel like it's the end. I hate to say like this, the token, you know. Yeah. Where it's like, is... we respect black people, we respect black women, but not really. Then you've got Lil Nas X, who's there <laughs> for a fucking EP. Bam. <laughs> Really? And I get it. It goes back to the Lizzo thing where it's like, oh, we want to show that we're cool. We're hip. Because my issue with the Grammy was that not the fact of where, like when I was watching it, it was the idea of where, you know, I grew up in an alternative nation. I grew up when hip hop was coming of age. You know, we go into the, the arts where indie rock and fucking became a huge thing. So it was weird watching this establishment kind of literally ignore the genres of music. You know, I could kind of get hip hop to a certain extent just because you have the inherent racism of the white establishment. But you had like these, like, you know, it, it was very surprising to see somebody like Radiohead, which is right up their alley, get snubbed for like decades. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I think if they wanted to be cool and hip, they should have thrown Tyler's album in here. Like, Igor, I think, okay, may not be the most popular album, but it's popular enough and it went to number one and it has avant-garde appeal oh no i would and that's the thing it goes back to the idea of bon Iver. i feel like those these would have been easy wins but i don't know what they're chasing here it's, it's like going back to my i mean I, they it, have her in look i get her though her her I she, look, she I, plays an instrument i, I, I like seen her wear a guitar i like her but i I'm probably gonna get doxxed by her fans. I I just don't understand how she's vaulted to the top of the Grammys so quickly. I mean, I do understand because she has like Alicia Keys's manager. Yeah, I was gonna say but... that, that's definitely <laughs> some industry shenanigans there. But and, and no diss to her, she's talented. Yeah. No, she's super talented. Yeah. I love seeing yeah. like her her, her? live. <laughs> but you know, like just the fact that like she's vaulted to the top, and there's other artists out here. Um, other artists, you know, in the RV realm who are not, who are not you yeah. know? Or, like, let's, let's put it this way. I feel like she's got more critically acclaimed, like, as far as, like, things than, than fucking Solange. Yeah. And which, that's crazy. Which, <laughs> and Solange is not on here anyway. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, that was a great album, but it's just, like, the fact that, like, I just feel like her just kind of came out of nowhere, and she's, like, the Grammy darling. But it's also, it's like, they set these artists up. You know, they set Billy Eilish to be... Eilish to be the Grammy darling, which it's fine. Like, I, you know, I decently like that album. I don't think it was great, but, you know, cool. They're setting up her to be the Grammy darling. They're, they're setting up Lizzo to be, like, <laughs> the Grammy stepchild. Honestly, I feel like they do. <laughs> going back to going back to Kendrick Lamar, I feel like a lot of these acts, they give them a whole bunch of awards just because you have the issue of Drake and fucking Frank Ocean, who, like, we're not going to ever play the Grammys Yeah. Ever. So I think they give them these awards just to get them to show up. Like Lizzo's a get for your live show, but like actually giving her award, I could I could imagine them like, hey, we've got we got a thousand, you're nominated for fifty thousand things, you've got to show up now. They show up, do a performance, and then afterwards it's like, all right, here's your fucking you know best R&B performance on stage by a big girl award, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, it, and, and then they have like like Vampire Weekend on here, but again, Vampire Weekend, like, and that's um, it's a solid album, but, solid, solid album. but it's definitely on. The, it's not at the height of their creativity, you know. Saying kind of, yeah, it's, a, it's 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 a good album. I'm gonna say it's a bad album, but like they could have not got nominated like two or three albums ago. Oh you know no, it's, it's you know, and I still need to listen to the land the uh, Land Del Rey album. It's good. I, I heard it's good. Yeah, it's and, but, and all right. So from Land Del Rey, what I like about her is the idea of where. 
So it, was, it reminds me of Father John Misty, where they play this this character so well, which kind of like so in a weird way, it's almost oddly political, because you know they're just kind of these pompous blowhards, kind of like embracing this weird Americanism, cynicism, materialism type thing. Except for Father John Misty, he'll like break the facade. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember one time he had like a rant when he was just like, I think it was after Trump got elected or when Trump was running, and he was on something like, "You guys are all idiots. You guys are falling for the okie doke." <laughs> where Alana Del Rey, I feel like, is actually that character. <laughs> So it's oddly fascinating. I mean, the, the, she's the OG in just industry plant. Though. Yeah, but she, it's, like I said, I just find her whole persona because it's like it makes fun of this like rich, moneyed white girl kind of kind of dabbling in all these worlds and you know dealing with all these men and kind of you could make the argument it's feminism and everything else, but at the same time, whatever she speaks in real life is like, oh no, but you are kind of that that person. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, yeah, it's no, not necessarily a facade. Definitely. Like you aren't poking fun of those people. You kind of are. So I kind of I kind of dive between both. If if it's just basically a is just a genius level artist, or b she's just so self centered in that persona that it just kind of find I find it oddly entertaining. Yeah, but, uh, no. but either way though. But long story short, it is her best work, so I can kind of see why it's there. It's very singer songwriting, singer yeah, no, songwritery, so just... I can kind of see why it got it got the props. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't know. I, I feel like there's just like this this huge Americana vibe. But that's, 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 that's you know, yeah. with Bonavere, Vampire Mid Weekend, Land Del Rey, yeah. like it's just like this weird like, okay, like we tried this hip hop thing. But let's go run back to our, our happy place. Oh yeah, no, our I safe would, space. I would, I would definitely agree. And then, and then you have, uh, oh, we, we forgot about the other black woman, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande's nominated. You know, so how we forget this other minority. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like even, and, and the sad thing is, there's an argument to be made where I, if I had to be, if I look at this list objectively, I might put, it's going it's to be a hot take. I might actually give that album of the, the, album of the year only because it's an artist who was kind of doing like fluffy pop, who kind of transformed herself into doing a very concise work about breakup, so there's a theme to it. It's a creative high for her, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it, like it's, I, I, people love that album. It sold well. It's the critics love it at the same time, and it's a little bit out of a wheelhouse. Where not to say impersonating a black woman <laughs> is anything new, <laughs> but you know she's doing a little rapping in there, and like, and like, like what she's going for, she pulls off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I mean, again, like, like it's not surprising. Yeah. But I, I, but I just feel like there, like this, is, this is just such an interesting time in music. Like you could throw some bones to like some. You know, just like mixing it up, right? Oh, yeah, like no. you're 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 like saying, "Oh, I'm losing," you know, the Gen Z audience. I'm losing the millennial audience. Like, well, this is why. And I I feel like I'm sure there's some person of color that like did a PowerPoint presentation to, that told them like all the things that they need to do, and they just pretty much ignored her. <laughs> probably a woman that they ignored, and they're like, "No, nah, no, nah, we're good." Yeah, no, you know? it's it's and but. Yeah, and, and like I said, what I find confusing is the idea of where they're going for it, though, but they're going about it the wrong way. It's almost like your dad being like, oh, I was in the mall, or I was I saw a commercial of this, you know, this Ariana Grande person. Who is that? Oh, they're popping? Cool, I'll put my vote for it. It's like, the like again, you have Lil Nas X there, which, again, notice Lil Nas X. That EP is, is, is a fun little seven-song EP. But it's weird to have him there nominated for album of the year. Yeah, and that's the thing is it, it feels like a very cynical ploy of okay, what's 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 let me give me a list of all the top selling pop artists of this year 
who can we put into that fucking list? You know, you know, we've got Lizzo because she's you know we've got a minority there. We've got this rap dude. We've got all this stuff. And like I said, it's crazy because again, no, this Lil Nas X, but Lil Nas X himself would probably be like, yo, I'm not fucking Kendrick. You know, oh, I'm not fucking a lot of these other acts. So it's weird for him to kind of vault over all those other acts and get nominated for album of the year. That's yeah. crazy. And and again, I kind of get why because. They've had their own controversy where basically you had the, the head of the Grammys where he had to say, you know, he, where he had made that weird comment about how women have to try harder. Portnoy, I think. If uh, yeah, name, yeah. How you had to step down. You've got issues of basically how the ratings going lower and lower every year. You know, you have the ongoing issue of where, like at least in the arts in the 90s, where you when, when certain genres were being very viable, particularly rock music, they would be like, all right, we've got this great new rock band called fucking Nirvana, but we're going to give the award to Tony Bennett. <laughs> yeah. So that so they had that, those issues for a while. And like I said, this is a correction, but in the wrong way. It's just weird to have this, you know, again, they do a lot of things right when it comes to behind the scenes, when it comes to awarding engineers and producers and and and. And it's just weird for them to kind of have that on lock, but just having a basic idea of music theory, I mean, music theory, music criticism, there's basics. There's basics of what Billboard, Rolling Stone, what fucking, you know, kids and complex, what Twitter's doing. It's like they're just in this old weird world where none of that matters. And it's kind of weird. Yeah. So a couple things. I do, I do have to say, like, once you guys start going down into like <laughs> the non televised things, or like the rap, like rap artists, or, or you know, rap album things like that. They get things a little bit right. Um, I do have to say, like, we're also getting to a point where um, genres are crossing so much that none of this shit makes sense. Uh, I'm just looking now. Like James Blake is under alternative music album with Bon Iver, Vampire Weekend, and Tom York, right? <laughs> and like James Blake's album was probably the most hip hop. James yeah, Blake album. R&B, yeah, R- yeah. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> of his career, right? You know, like like a, a album with a feature from Andre 3000 is a best alternative music album. So we're getting to this point where, and we've talked about this, we're, we're kind of like preaching to the choir and it's a broken record, but we're getting to this point where none of these things are going to ma- matter. Um, there was a very interesting discussion on Twitter just talking about like what happens when Spotify creates their own award show. Right, like what happens if Spotify and or Apple Music like creates their own award show? Like, what happens when Snapchat creates their own award show? Like, there's a point now where this is just getting so staid and so like you know stale that like somebody's gonna change the game, and all this audience that like the Grammys is supposedly chasing, like Gen Z or whatnot, like I mean they're gonna flock to something else, and like something else is gonna be the gatekeeper. Or what, or or whatnot, or something else is going to celebrate artistry. I I feel like the the door is wide open for that to happen. Yeah, and it's going to be very pretty interesting to see. Yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's it's. We're. I mean, the award ceremonies in general are in death rows. Like, when has MTV put anything vaguely interesting for the video awards? Oh, yeah. Dude, like nobody like nobody watches those yeah, awards no. anymore. And and like I said, it's it's a it's a space of where and and the thing is, I actually liked watching those awards. But I feel like there was always the idea of where the cream did rise to the top, and it was worth winning something. But now it's just like whatever. Yeah, fam. Yep. And uh, I guess we'll go to the only award shows that matter: <laughs> the Soul Train Music Awards. <sighs> 
That's that's also something that are we are you talking about Lizzo like winning over Arianix? Yeah. yeah, which which it's uh yeah it's and, it's it, and yeah yeah and all right so I'll start it off. So long story short, you had the Soul Train Awards. You know, you know, huge gargantuan only among black people. Let's be honest, but uh you know. It's an establishment. Soul Train is something where since the 70s it's been showcase, showcasing black talent at a time where black talent wasn't allowed to be showcased. Enough we could make the argument like even to today where Soul Train has kind of created a niche of black entertainment where white mainstream media doesn't look at it at all. Yeah. So long story short, you have Ari Lennox, Breakout Year, you know, popular album, very well made, big personal fan of it. She was nominated for an award. So, um, soul album, I forget what it was. The specific. But anyway, long story short. Yeah, me neither. You know, I was out there too busy, you know, doing white things. I was drinking, drinking a craft beer, you know, watching baseball. Who knows? I, I was in Rhode Island. See, doing whiter things. Ah. <laughs> anyway, long story short. So she was basically mad, rightfully so, because she lost the Soul Train Award. She lost it to Lizzo. Now, not getting into the idea of is Lizzo solo or not, because I saw people kind of debating that on the internet. I'm not going to even do that. But I want to kind of focus on the idea of where I feel like they were going at her a little bit for being a little bit too personal as far as having that loss. But I kind of get it only because forgetting about what Lizzo represents, I think it would have been the same shit if, let's say, I can't think of another huge, I guess her. (laughs) But I'm trying to think of somebody where they've crossed over. It's the idea of where Soul Train generally did a really good job of, of, of focusing on music that generally appeals to black people first. Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm, I feel like it's in, inadvertent darts towards Lizzo. But you know, no mainstream aspirations. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like I am putting out these fucking twelve songs about this this you know this no good dude. I'm putting out these twelve songs about how my wife broke my heart. I'm putting out this hip hop album. I'm putting out this fucking pop, you know, this R and B album. It's like there's always been a space of acts that are huge and they may cross over because they're huge, but their audience is primarily focused on black music and black fans. So I kind of get Ari Lennox kind of being pissed about it. What I want to bring it up is the idea of where I feel like we're in a space of where it's like, well, you should just get over it, yada, yada, yada. But I think it's kind of unfair. I mean, like, let her be human. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, and, and it's in this weird space now where I, I, I feel like we have these stereotypes and misconceptions about black women and talking as a cisgender man. But I just feel like, you know, we've always had, like, oh, like, as a black woman, you need to be strong. Like, you can't show your emotions. Yeah. You can't show your weakness. You can't show, like, <laughs> you know, all your insecurities. And you had both Ari Lennox, you know, like, in her feelings. And for the most part, most artists, even when they say they don't want to win these awards, like, you know, we diss the Grammys. But, like, getting a Grammy nomination is a huge thing to artists. Yeah. You know, and getting a Grammy win is a huge thing to the artist. Like, even though, as Drake says, it should matter, it does matter. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, artists should have space to be in their feelings because it's it's a huge letdown. We don't win an award. Um, But now, like, you're also exposing, like, your insecurities to the world and... And it sucks. I mean, we, we just have this expectation that these artists need to be, you know, like like superhuman. They're always on. It's just like no matter what. And and what I hate about it is the fact of where obviously it's a little bit more public, 
But it's not. We've all seen awards where the person loses and you have the little fake ass clap afterwards. You yeah, know? Uh, yeah. It's, it's not anything new. And then I and I thought her critique was relatively benign. Obviously, she got a little mad because she was on something like it's the industry. And I can't necessarily get mad at, at that fact also because it, it's true that you had a you had a, a, a much more mainstream artist win over somebody who's a little bit more underground, quote unquote, and who but whose underground album, quote unquote, was still relatively popular. And I feel like in normal years would have probably won out. I, I get the beef, and it's the idea of where people want some like, well, yada, 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 why are you going at Lizzo? Why can't you be mad? Da, 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 da. It's just like, let her be, have her own space. And, and that kind of goes back to when we are discussing it, at least much to you, about Summer Walker, yep. where she put up a, a mid, you know, tiny music desk. But my point is the fact of where, in this era of, of, of SoundCloud rap, how many mediocre performances have we watched, you know, in general? And, like, it's the idea of where, like, it felt like people kind of went out of their way to say that they would never pay to go see her live. Like, you don't need thousands of people tweeting at you saying, I'll never see you live because you fucking suck because you played a free fucking show in a fucking office somewhere. Yeah, so the Summer Walker thing is really interesting. And I feel like Summer Walker has probably had one of the worst weeks, I feel, <laughs> <laughs> of any artist <laughs> And it, it sucks. I mean, she had the thing where, um, I guess, fans were trying to hug her. And she was like, I don't want to, you know, hug you back. I have social anxiety disorder. Um, and I guess people were coming at her for that. Um, and then also, too, apparently she canceled, like, a lot of shows for a tour uh, because of her anxiety. Although, you know, it was noted that she didn't cancel, like, you know, the New Yorks and L.A.s and Chicago's and Atlanta's. She canceled kind of, like, the, you know, Charlotte's and Nashville's or whatever, like, the smaller, like, market cities. So people were just kind of like, oh, well, you're just canceling those cities because you didn't sell enough tickets, right? And then she posted, like, a thing um, about her altar that she needs to rebuild her author altar, and it had something that said witch. So like Summer Walker was a witch, and then the Tiny Desk uh. concert thing happened, and it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And, and look, I don't, I don't think Summer Walker is ready for this shit. I don't think anybody's ready for this shit. Though. No, Fuck like, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but like, I feel like, and look, people go at Lizzo, and I'm sure Lizzo. You know, look, she has to deal with all this shit. Not only, like, you know, jokes about her weight, but now, like, black Twitter is going at her, like, hard. But I feel like she's, she, like, Lizzo, Akari B, like, they, they got that training to be like, okay, cool. Like, you, you're going to, like, jab at me? All right, cool. I got this, like, thick skin. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I sit here in the Maybach chilling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they also, you know, Lizzo's been around since, like, 2015, know, right? She's been in the game for, like, almost, like, five years now. Um, Cardi's been in the game for almost five years now, and they've developed that. And, like, they didn't blow up. Like, once they started blowing up, they kind of had that, like, you know, I wouldn't say training. Training's a, a bad word, but, like... They've been through battle already. Yeah, they, they've been to battle. Yeah, they've been to battle. Whereas a Summer Walker or even Ari Lennox, like, they're completely green, right? They're completely new. And, you know, they both... I don't know. I mean, you know, they both have anxiety disorders and things like that. And like nobody's equipped them for the the internet <laughs> and the real world and being famous in 2019 and showing. And it's really sad. Like it's really kind of sad to see, watch and see it. Um, you know, I'm sure like 
their manager was like when NPR is like, hey, do a Tiny Desk concert. Like I'm sure like Summer Walker's manager is like, yo, you have to do this. But if she's not ready, she's not ready. Yeah, and and that's probably the big issue where it's less about her because I, I doubt like you know us music nerds know about Tiny Desk, but I don't think it's a big pop in you know American Bandstand 2019. It's probably her it, managers. Yeah, and you know cause I don't think she was like I got to get on the show. They, they were like, oh, we're gonna do you know so and so. Something for NPR, and then it became what it became. Yeah, and you know, I I think I don't know. I, I feel like again, like I I there's some artists that just need to kind of like marinate for a little bit longer. You know, like like you know maybe they're not ready for all this fame and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have, you know, like uh, mental health like issues, and that's something in the music industry like nobody wants to touch. Because there's tons of artists that have men- mental health issues yeah. and have to play through the pain, basically. Um, oh, look at the, uh, the, the big thing, um, little this little peep. Who was the, the one who committed suit? The one who died of overdose. Uh, little peep. Little peep, right? Yeah, because yeah, he had a documentary recently where basically it's um, the Rolling Stone interview where basically they they're suing the managers because apparently the managers are getting him drugs and they're basically propping him, literally propping him up on stage to oh, yeah. perform and get that check. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it's also, I don't know, man. I need to delete my Twitter again because Twitter is just, it's a cesspool, man. Yeah. It's a cesspool. Like, I, 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 you know, again, I feel for all of them. I feel for Lizzo, too. Like, like even though you're not as a black person, like, I don't know, like, just the fact that people feel like they feel empowered going after this person that they feel like they're that is in power, like that makes them they feel good, like that gives them a boner. Like yeah. it's just like that whole philosophy I can't job with. Yeah. So like I said, this the idea of you telling somebody that you'll never see their life show, like like you'll never pay to see the, see them live. It's like so just don't pay them to see them fucking live. You're not the fucking test. You know, yeah. nobody wants to know you ain't doing some shit. Just don't yeah. do that shit. I don't yeah. gotta know about that shit. You ain't gotta yeah. personally reach out to me and tell me. Fuck you. Yeah, so yeah. you know, I mean, look, I feel for all all, all three of these these ladies. Um, continue to glow up. You know, get get the help that you need. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. fuck the internet, fuck man. The internet. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> continuing on, I'm use that segue to go into my new music to an artist who's used the internet to its greatest possibilities ever. Okay, Doja Cat. Random, but it worked. <laughs> All right, so long story short, you have Doja Cat. Doja Cat was an R&B person who had an album, was it album or EP a couple years ago, a little bit more traditional R&B. Um, since then, she's kind of gone viral for a Moo song. That was a jokey song where she was dressed up, dressed up as a cow. But also, more importantly, she kind of built this following where she would go on, let's say, Instagram Live and YouTube and kind of basically create songs from the fly. Like, she just started engaging very roots level the way that, you know, all the little, you know, indie blogs recommend she's going to do it, just kind of going online, engaging with fans, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. So she went viral with uh, Moo. Um, took a little sidestep because there's some controversy from old tweets, like everybody, you know, <laughs> as we all do. Um, has been kind of dropping a steady clip of singles. And basically dropped an album, which sounds nothing like the singles that were dropped before it. And so long story short, the reason why I bring it up is because... Uh, it pops into my feed where there were a lot of Nicki Minaj fans attacking her because you see the cover and it's all pink 
I think I can't remember what it's called, but they were like, oh, you're a fake Nicki Minaj, yada, 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 yada. And I'm like, that's a little bit unfair. You know, I've heard some of her songs. You know, she's a female and she, she does dabble in rap music along with singing, but I didn't really see anything that blatant. And the album is, is this pure, like, crossover in a way that Nicki Minaj is doing it. Mm. But the reason why I find it fascinating is the fact of where it kind of works. And... Uh, for somebody trying to make mainstream pop music, you know, using but kind of drawing from like R&B and hip hop, like, and I don't know, and it maybe goes off the idea of training because if you look at like, a, let's say a Nicki Minaj, so Nicki Minaj was out there doing Smack DVDs, you know, very underground fucking hip hop, and then suddenly she has Kanye West verse and blows the fuck up, yeah, and then so she's forced to kind of do two things. She's forced to a be a very street rapper because that's where. You know, the Kanye West verse came from, where it's like, I could spit bars, I could slap you all dudes if I have to. And at the same time, she's somebody where she's got to be able to go on the same stage as Katy Perry. So you saw her kind of doing those kind of, you know, balancing both worlds. And I think that a lot of the issues she's has of late is because it's kind of hard. Yeah. You, know, you, kind of, you kind of saw the industry kind of say, hey, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. And it's fucked up. We've discussed it before about a lot of females in hip-hop, they put a lot of undue pressure there because unlike a dude who could just be like, all right, cool, you've got a persona, go out there. It feels like there's a lot of yes men and women there fucking with their heads. Of course. And expect a kind of a brand. So Doja Cat, the reason why I find it, I bring it up is the first thing is, is like, you know, she's somebody where she had a first album. She's there where, you know, for years she was there making these beats, kind of engaging with the audience, you know, it's interesting to see an artist kind of claim this pop sound. And the reason why it works is because I, she really wants to be a pop star. Yeah. And I can't really be mad at it. And it's something where the only thing that's kind of interesting is the idea of it's very raunchy. You know, she talks about masturbation a lot, a lot of fucking dudes, a little bit of S&M stuff. But for the most part, it's so like sugary sweet yeah. that it's kind of fascinating. And the reason why I kind of bring it up is, you know, it's this interesting juxtaposition about how like, I think there's a space for people who are really into pop music. Yeah. Kind of want to go into, and like we always just the algorithm and yada yada yada. But at the same time, there's a lot of songs that we like that are part of the algorithm. There's a lot of great pop songs out there. There's a lot of, you know, ABBA is the fucking algorithm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But it's the, it's it was kind of fascinating to kind of see this person who, her her you know not to say her raps her 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 artistry was built off let's say more hip hop, but you know she had a couple of songs like with Rico Nasty. Mm-hmm. You know. She had the Moo song, which is kind of poppy, but not really more silly. And then, but definitely something of the SoundCloud era. And then suddenly you go into something that I felt like it was produced by a whole bunch of Swedish guys and fucking, you know, Max Martin. <laughs> but like I said, the transition kind of works. And it's going to be interesting to see how she kind of blows up from this and what she does next. So in a weird way, we have to say Ariana Grande kind of becoming more black, kind of stay more pop focused. In a weird way, we have a black artist going the opposite way. So we'll see how it falls. Like I said, it's, it's an interesting listen. Definitely recommend listening to it and judging your own opinion. But I thought it was an interesting take on a black artist kind of just trying to really embrace pop. That's mm. all. Mm. Yeah. I'm still going to listen to my OG Doja Cat. <laughs> my SoundCloud era. You, I was Doja down, Cat. you know, 2017, dog. 2018, not the 2019 shit. You know what I'm saying? Back the mixtape era. I mean, she was out, what was it, 2016, 2017? She yeah. was like, she was doing like, like that SoundCloud stuff, like that like laid back, chill out SoundCloud yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's why I said that she was a real R&B person. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see her go from there, go from like, and that's why I said that you can't really blame the algorithm because she went from there, then she went to a more stripped down SoundCloud and beat making kind of hip hoppy thing to into pure pop. She's trying to find her voice and, like I said, the weird thing about it is I think it's kind of, and, and, and like I said, it's, 
it's weird because a lot of it is blatant. Like she's got a video out there where it literally looks like like Ariana Grande, pigtails and all. <laughs> but at the same time, it feels like it's more artist driven than the algorithm. It's just like, look, I've got these talents. I could I could rap. I could sing. You know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I know how to make my own beats. I know how the sense of of hooks. Like, what can I do to kind of like I want to be in Coachella. Like, what do I have to do to kind of do it? Yeah. And that's why I kind of find it uh, interesting, kind of like exercise, just because it's like one of the few times I've seen somebody where, you know. Like, let's say somebody, quote, unquote, underground, say, like, nah, I want to be fucking, you know, Taylor Swift. Yeah. And, and you know, like I said, it's an interesting, interesting experiment in pop music. So yeah. That's my, my, what I've listened to this week. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. So, uh, what I've been listening to, um, so, if you're a fan of hip-hop, you know Stretch and Bobbito. If you're a fan of New York hip-hop, you definitely know Stretch and Bobbito. And for y'all who don't know, like, basically... Stretching my beat though, radio DJs from way back in the day had underground like uh, radio show, and basically anybody who was everybody like came through and like dropped the verse or just like you know like Jay Z like there's a very infamous Jay Z stretching Bobito like verse that's like out on YouTube like you know like acts like Big Pun Big L uh, most like, deaf most deaf Wu Tang. Yeah, like like anybody who's everybody in hip hop, like went on that show before they yeah. were, like were hip hop. Yeah. Rakim, my you know like Nas, Nas like has like some dope verses yeah. on there. And and to color it, it's like the idea of imagine like you had a couple of hip hop loving dudes that basically had run of radio station for like three hours in the dead of night. Yeah, on, on like a Thursday at two yeah. in the morning. So it was just like literally. Anybody could show up and they didn't really give a fuck because nobody was going to catch up on anything. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and there's a really, really amazing uh, documentary on Netflix. I think it's called like, Music That Changed Lives or something yeah. like that, like, which is really amazing. If you're a hip-hop fan, like, I highly suggest uh, checking out that documentary. Um, I actually like caught on to Stretch and Bobbio late. Um, they had a column and vibe that like was pretty interesting. And that's how I kind of caught on, on, on to them. I was subscribing to Vibe, as you do in the 90s. Ah, magazines, what <laughs> are those? <laughs> when you're, like, not street enough for the source. <laughs> <laughs> you had Vibe, which was me. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know of Stretch and Bobbio is primarily DJs, right? Like, they're turntablists, they're DJs. Like, like you know, like, that's kind of like what they do. Um, I, a little birdie sent me a notice that Stretch and Bobbito are basically releasing their first album. Oh, wow. Like, and which is new. Like, I didn't know that. I was like, this is their first album. Um, their first album. And it's with a live band. And that's all I know, right? Like, uh, they formed this live band called the M19s. Don't know who's in the band. I wonder if that's a pun on M16s, by the way. Mm. Uh-huh. 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 Um, you know, could be anybody in the band. Wouldn't be surprised if it was like Questlove on the drums. You know, like the the live band is mysterious. You know, so like uh, they haven't done any press for it. But they dropped these two tracks, and this little birdie told me that uh, these tracks exist, and I checked them out. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was gonna be more hip hop, more you know, just kind of. Um, like what you expect, like New York boom bap hip hop, right? Like and even you know, I know like there's some bands like the what's the Manhattan Street Band and stuff like that who's back to hip hop before or like you know the Roots or something. I thought it was gonna be like like that when you hear a live band, 
But no, it's like Latin sounds. It's like kind of like this New York and Latin sound type of band. Oh, shit. Um, they were working with like um, just like vocalists. Like, uh, uh, I'm going to mispronounce her name. Yousef. Amusa Yousef. Uh, edit that out. Um, <laughs> but like uh, working with like a few different vocalists. And it's just a really interesting like live band sound that you're you just wouldn't expect, <laughs> I guess from from stretching my yeah, no. you know. So uh, you know they dropped two tracks. Um, I think the album's coming out like sometime next year. I think um, sometime like uh, in January. But uh, so far, I'm here for it. Yeah, no, it's it's something where if you ever see them, you know, if you ever were in one of, one of the cool kids in New York City and got to see them play live, they play a eclectic music, eclectic range of sounds, and I'm 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 not shocked at all that their actual musical output is also eclectic, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I I'm not I'm not shocked that it's eclectic. I think I'm more shocked that it's a it's a live band. Oh yeah, to me too. I'd, I'd be honest, I'm like it would literally just be like a whole bunch of break beats and like Biggie freestyle yeah. on the fucking basement. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, and it's kind of cool for them to branch out. Like like you know, a they kind of came back and started doing the radio show. Right around the documentary came back, and it's kind of cool to see them kind of branch out. And, and it's like what's cool about Patricia Bob is like, and I think they even covered it in like the the documentary. Is like it was like a weird breakup. Because there were a, sp- a space to listen to, you know, I remember t- putting my radio on and t- trying to tape them late at night because I had to go to school the next day. Damn. And, you know, and, you know, Dave, it's it's stuff where a lot of those, like, freestyles are, like, classics. Like, you could take those, you could take, they've got hundreds of hours of just some of the world's greatest MCs at a creative high of hip-hop just spitting off bars. So it's kind of cool to kind of see them get the respect now. And it's also kind of cool to see them kind of branch out from that and just kind of do different things. Because, you know, they, 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 they were bigger than hip-hop. <laughs> That's right. Call me. I got all your hip-hop sayings. <laughs> Reggie, the hip-hop marketer. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, so it's, I'm happy that they're kind of doing stuff. I'm happy they're doing stuff, period, because there was a couple of, there was a decade or two where they weren't doing anything at all together. Yeah. So it's cool having them click up and having them do something like even more creative than they were doing before. So... Props to them bros. I'll yep. be listening. Word. Word. And on that note, we will end our Grammy special. You know, we'll be back next year and the year after that and the year after that discussing their, discussing their whack picks. <laughs> we need to have our own award show. We need uh, to have like should, counter programming. We should have we should have that. It'll be, I can tell you right now, it's going to be a Grand Army Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a cardboard box, put a little po- podium on, on Prospect Park. <laughs> I'm going to wear a tuxedo shirt. <laughs> I'm going to give out fucking 7-Eleven Slurpees <laughs> as the award. And I feel like it will still be more popular than the Grammys. And be more live, actually. Yeah. Guarantee you. Yeah. Guarantee, I, I, some guys will walk by there, pick up the banjo, kill that shit. It's going to be better than what you fucking say. <laughs> but, um, anyway, on that note, thanks for all for listening. And we'll actually probably take two weeks because it's Thanksgiving. Ooh. We got to give... Yeah, actually, we got to give... I'm going to give praise to the Lord. We got to... We're going we're gonna to basically eat and pray for the downfall of the pilgrims and their spawn. You know That's what I'm right. Saying? Stay the woke. Black Israelite station. You know what I'm saying? The so-called white man wants you out there celebrating the slaughter of turkeys and the indigenous folks. You know what I'm saying? Forgetting their atrocities. Well, y'all need to go out there and realize that it's not about celebrating one making over the other, but celebrating us together. 
how we get together and I don't do great things. Give me I, something positive. I don't know, I don't man. Know. As long as we got stuffing, dude. Yeah, is that true? Actually, <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Thank you for the macaroni and yeah, cheese. Yeah, that mac and stuffing. Ooh. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Sprouts. I think it's Brussels sprouts too. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, ancestors. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, good though. <laughs> they, they would appreciate the fact that we're out there eating good though. They'd be like, yes, you're pushing, pushing the paradigm forward. <laughs> anyway, on that note, everybody, peace. peace. <laughs>